welcome to a new episode of Monroe Must Hangs. I'm your host, David Spiegel. With me today, another one of our long-term head coaches, both with the cross-country and track and field team, as well as a Monroe alumni. Please welcome Shervon Green. Thank you. Thank you very much, David, for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. I must say that you are doing a wonderful job with this new initiative. Um, so I'm looking to add to this and make it work. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm sure this is going to be a great interview, especially after all the talks that you and I have all the time. Um, so Coach Green, so head coach of the cross-country program for a long time, as well as associate head coach for the track and field programs. You were a Monroe alumni about 12 years ago and one of the first notable track and field athletes that we had at Monroe College. Of course, then you came back and continued your legacy with us, coaching numerous All-Americans, both in cross-country and in track and field, numerous national champions, numerous record breakers. So let's start from the beginning there. Um, you, know, you're, you, from, you come from Nevis in the Caribbean. And what was the first thing that attracted you to Monroe and kind of got you here in the first place? Well, um, the community of Nevis is like a 36-square-mile island. Um, I attended high school at the Charleston Secondary School. And at that time, there was a college fair that was hosted um, by both islands, St. Kitts and Nevis. I met a lady by the name of Nadia Noel, who was one of the recruiters for the college at the time. Um, ironically, she came when we were having our sports season. And she was telling us to sign up. It was just like a college fair. Um, I have my family, my dad, he's from Harlem, he's in the NYPD, and one of the captains for the NYPD. So it was like an easy move for me to transition over into New York. So I did some research about the school. What attracted me was um, the diversity of the institution, um, as well as Mr. Jerome, of course. Um, I would have seen and heard great things about him as well as the institution to how well they take care of the athletes and treat everyone like family you know so with something like that coming from a foreign country into the United States you, you would want to feel the level of ease transferring in so I mean it was a slam dunk choosing money for me. What would you say are some of your most notable moments as a student athlete with the Mustangs? Well, um, some of the notable ones, I could tell you the way how this track team was formed. In fact, um, when I first got here, my first love was like basketball, you know, and to where back in the islands, I would have done both sport and I would have met Jeff Brewstad and now my good time friend, Dana Warner. <laughs> so, I would have been there and I would have come to a few workouts and see them practice, but I would never practice. And, but at that time, I was still a national athlete for the island of St. Kitts and Nevis. And to that, where I went and I um, made sure to, to compete in different event specifics. So I asked um, around, do they have a track team and do they have a cross country team? And to my surprise, the answer was no. So I met with Mr. Jerome Mark and I spoke to him and he told me, listen, if you can get me a petition with 
interested people who want to do the sport, then he could get something motion. When I tell you, David, it took me one day to have over 500 plus names. Mr. Jerome was even shocked when he saw that list. I think he even have that list still up to today in his office because he keep reminding me. He said, did you remember when you took an afternoon off from classes and I sat down in main hall, all the halls, and I had people sign up for it, you know? And that was where the track and field program began and the passion for it, you know, because I mean, for me, I earned a lot in track and field back on the island, um, the island of Nevis, they supported me throughout from since I first started it in the fifth grade to now. So, you know, um, just something to keep going. And of course, just, you know, playing your part in starting the program, you also were some of the first record holders in, uh, in Monroe history at one time holding the track and field records for the 800 meter, the 1500 meter, 5,000 meter and 10,000 meter runs, which was a trivia question actually earlier this summer for us on the Instagram page. Uh, so just a fun fact for everyone out there. Um, and then of course, uh, you also competed at the national championships a couple times, uh, coming up as a runner up at the 800 meter and 1500 meter in, uh, 2008, I believe. So, you know, when, uh, when all your athletes kind of question how hard you push them, you can just kind of tell them, you did this first. Right. And you know, the funny thing is, um, when we first started, we started off as Division Three. And initially, when I came up here, um, I was like a full 800-meter runner. I would do the 15, and I would do cross-country. So we had our new coaches at the time. His name was Mr. Thomas Dunn, as well as, Missouri um, Nazis and what they would do um, they would encourage me to say you know what um, just to get out there trying new events so I would tell my kids when when they first got here um, my first group of recruits who I brought in when they were like well coach why are your times like this versus this I said division three versus division one it's two different elements you know and when they understood what it was because I would have done like the 800, the 15, the 5,000, 10,000, all on the same meet. And we were doing it for points, you know? So, so that's where it kind of alternate plus the weather and all those stuff. So now, of course, you grew up in Nevis. And we've had a lot of different student athletes come from St. Kitts and Nevis and from many different islands, from many different countries, many different continents. Uh, what was the difference? coming from there and then coming here and being an athlete in the United States? Well, it was more of the transition stage where you're coming from an area that is tropical climate all around. You're coming from an area where you would have a coach who is specifically for you to where um, you're event specific and he works directly with you versus coming to a university and a college to where you are mixed with different cultures, the different norms of doing stuff, as well as the weather. Um, the, the weather played a big role, especially during the months of November to December, where it would be freezing or it would be snowing and stuff. So, you know, so it kind of alters training a lot. You, you had to get accustomed to like training indoors versus outdoors. And, back in the islands as well as internationally 
we don't have indoor track. So you give us six months, seven months to train for the outdoor. Now we're coming here. Okay, you have three months to train for indoors. And trust me, um, the breathing patterns, everything changes, you know? And um, the reason why is that the transition, you are going around a 400 track versus now a 200 track. Cross country back in most places is one race versus here, it's seven and eight races, you know? So it all alters. You get a two week, three week period before the next race. In the United States, you get a week a week and you keep going, you know? So those are the, some of the, the transitional changes that um, we normally had to go through. And I know most international athletes go through when they're making the jump from, to the United States. Of course, as I mentioned before that, a lot of our most successful track and field and cross country student athletes have come from different countries like you did and have really, obviously made their own legacy here and then moved on to a lot of top tier division one schools and even uh, become professionals at track and field. So what is, what do you think has made Monroe so attractive to international athletes and uh, why is a lot of your focus and coach Leslie Hogg's focus on recruiting international student athletes? Well, in terms of making it a success, I would say um, the athletes internationally, um, they do their research on the school. And I mean, it's kind of like what you see, what you get. And the college, in my opinion, Monroe College has the most diverse environment to accommodate international students. Um, I can honestly say the support from admissions down to um, the, the, the various channels um, help the, the transition for the athletes to be very easy. I mean, everywhere you turn, it's very helpful. Um, you, you have someone willing to, to go and show you the ropes, um, whereas most schools don't do that. So I would say the one-on-one -on -one interaction, I could honestly shout out um, um, the admissions, the international teams, such as Miss Lorraine Myers, Miss Tahelia Williams, Gersom Lopez, Fumi, Philip Perron, and the list goes on, Emerson Phillips, to where um, they welcome the, the athletes, they make them feel welcome, they make them feel a part of the community. And then, you know, our athletic staff, Mr. Melendez, um, Ray Ford, um, Rodriguez, all of us do our part in terms of thing. And what brings it home is that uh, President Jerome and he makes it um, welcome because he would reach out to them, he would speak to them. So all around the college community, uh, whether it's academics, whether it's the securities and stuff like that, when they come, they embrace them, you know? And this is something you can't rehearse or you can't practice. It's either you have it or you don't. So that's what makes the athletes uh, attracted to the college. And in fact, the transparency that we do, you know? I mean, if something goes on, we inform them, we inform their family, we keep everyone in a closeness. So I said, that's the advantage we have over other schools when we are recruiting international athletes. Now, for the second part of the question, um, when it comes to um, recruiting now, to be honest, <laughs> we don't have a specific focus group to where we focus on in terms of whether it's international or domestic. 
Um, in fact, this team alone has more, we have like 55 athletes and already we have 44 that is domestics and the domestic is attracted by the international success. So, and the way I say it is to where they would look and I, when I talk to a domestic student, they will say, oh, well, I see you have athletes going to Oregon. I see you have athletes going to Texas State, Iowa State. Coach, I want to be a part of that. I want to be able to commit to complete. I want to go here and go here, you know? So these are questions and stuff that we get. And to be honest, I mean, one of our selling points have been, you come, you do what you have to do, you attain your education, and we guarantee you at least a scholarship to your another NCAA schools, which as you would tell over 90% of our student athletes who actually come here, do what they have to do, receive their education and then move on and they actually get an award to, to the other schools. So those are some of the tools that we have in our arsenal that we've been using. Hey Mustangs, I just wanted to tell you about the brand new Monroe Mustang Sideline Store, powered by our apparel partner, BSN Sports. Create your own unique piece of Mustang gear by choosing from hundreds of apparel options, colors, graphics, and your choice of the new Monroe Mustangs logo collection. Throughout the month of October, you can take 20% off your order of $85 or more by using the promo code OCT20, that's OCT20, at checkout. Visit the Monroe Mustang Sideline Store at MonroeCollegeMustangs.com slash shop and gear up for the new school year. So we'll get back to more of the athletic side of this in a bit, but I want to focus on something that you just said that, you know, you kind of have a big focus on academics. Um, one of the notable things of the 2020 season for you guys is that Joanna Archer was named the COSIDA Academic All-America Athlete of the Year for, you know, junior college women. And this is, you know, one student athlete wins that award and it's such an incredible thing to win. And it's, you guys are no strangers to having very highly regarded academic awards for your team, you know, consistently winning academic team of the year for the NJCAA and just always ranking really high, having very impressive cumulative GPAs. What is it about the athletes you recruit and the way that you have them focus on their academics that makes them so successful in the classroom? Well, one of my major beliefs is that the commitment to whatever you do. And I would always tell my athletes, whenever you get hurt, if you get hurt for a season, if you get hurt forever, that's it for the sport. But education is forever. So that's something I would preach to them. I said, hey, if, you, if I stop running now, I want to be able to put myself in a position to where I get a good paying job. I want to make sure my family, my friends, everybody is taken care of you know so i would say to them well not really saying that um you're going to become a professional athlete after college but at least you could say well what does running or what does playing a sport contribute to me it contributes for my education it, it it helped me to earn scholarships to pay for my education so those are the way i come from and i always said to them would you prefer your parents to be paying a lot of money or do you prefer your parents to just pay less enough to where you can help them out by doing what you do, get good grades, earn academic and athletic scholarships. So that's where we normally focus. And I have a policy, a strict policy to where I will say set to my athletes, if you're failing, I'm not gonna run you. Take care of your classes first and then we run. I mean, I could also shout out to Dean Janice, 
and her team, I mean, they have been with us from day one, you know, and I mean, although they wouldn't like to take credit for it, I mean, this is the team and the support system that we have around us. I can't shout out athletics enough for Mr. Melendez and, and the whole team, you know, so um, in combination with both, uh, it helped us to they provide the resources for us, they provide the athletes with the academic help they need, um, and they answer the question they are always here, even during this pandemic. I mean, I would say the service that the kids are receiving is still the same, you know, so um, kudos to all parties involved and all around. Of course, I think that's something that a lot of Monroe coaches focus on as well, is that we want to make sure the academic side of things is going as well as possible. And I really think it shows up when you see all the awards that we collect at the end of the year. Uh, when it comes to NJCAA, all academic teams, we're usually right up there with having the most student athletes in the country. So I think it really speaks to the strengths of our coaching staff and administration that it's, it's so consistent that we're doing so well. And of course you can give a lot of credit to the educators and the administration at the college as well for making it a big focus and making sure that we hold everyone accountable and make sure they're getting everything done that they're supposed to get done. So back to the athletic side of things. Um, one thing that is also consistent about the Monroe cross country and track and field teams is that their seasons don't ever end before the national championship uh, meets. And, you know, it's, it's a regular thing that we're going to see a team that's going to be competing for a national championship, whether it's a relay or it's a, a field athlete or an individual runner. So, what do you attribute to such consistent success among the three seasons, cross-country, indoor track, and outdoor track? Well, I would say consistency. And in terms of that, is that from day one, um, once the athletes come in, um, I have them write a paper, Coach Hogg have them write a paper with their goals and where we want to see ourselves at the end of the year. Uh, most of them come in at the time uh, just fresh out of high school and fresh from their coaches. So during the period, I would say three-month period is a transitional period. And we would say to them, well, this is what our past athletes achieve, not comparing you in any way to our past athletes. But one thing that helped us a lot is that we have a tight-knit group um, on our Facebook page is a closed group, which you're aware of, and our sophomores and alumni are on it. And our alumni reach, reaches out to our freshmen, they will say to either myself or Coach Hogg, uh, these are the new folks, we're going to message them, we're going to tell them what worked for us. So in general, uh, the fraternity of the track and field teams, hearing from somebody like a Susan Ijo, a Claudius McCoy, a Joanna Archer, a James Dennison, a Umpo Makofani, hearing from those who've been through there, who went to these top schools and, and performing, hearing from a Christopher Belcher who ran for Team USA, hearing from Sarah Archer who ran for Switzerland and stuff like that, hearing it from these people firsthand that what they experienced were at the institution, what they are doing helps to bring it into focus to where they're saying, you know, well, man, I have some shoes to fill, not trying to be like them, but I'm trying to get up there onto their level, you know, and I must say, I mean, I must shout you out for all the 
time of their being glorified because you know me personally, I'm, I am old school to, to where, all right, if somebody ran well, good job, let's move on. But um, the, the excellent publicity that the school, especially you have been giving them on social media and in the articles, I mean, that helps too in terms of their confidence level building up. So. Um, that's how we get to maintain our level of success from each season to season because the support from the institution on a whole um, really helps us. Well, I'll say that you certainly make my life a lot easier by writing your own recaps for every cross-country meet and every track and field meet, kind of pointing out who is running their personal best times, who's running a record time, who is, you know, setting a, setting a, um, the NJCAA standards to qualify for national championships. So my, my job is actually pretty easy when uh, all that is just kind of laid out there for me. So I do appreciate that. But one thing I was going to say is that it is incredibly impressive how tight knit the track and field community is at Monroe, that I am part of that Facebook group you have and how many members are part of it, how many part of our administration part of it as well. And you see the support from the alumni and from the current student athletes for each other. And that goes for, you know, the performances of student athletes that move on. I know you, you point those out every single time anybody does anything notable is that you're, you're showing it to everybody. So I would say, you know, it almost kind of, the program kind of recruits for itself that, you know, you see a lot of student athletes coming from the same schools, coming from the same countries, coming from the same areas that, you know, they're obviously enjoying their time here so much that, you know, they want to, bring the next generation of student athletes from their areas into Monroe. So obviously that also speaks very well uh, to the job that you and coach Hogg have been doing that, you know, they want to make it an experience that their friends and brethren are, are going to experience as well. Um, so you obviously also threw out a lot of notable names there. You know, you mentioned Susan Ajor and Sarah Acho and Christopher Belcher and James Dennison, these are just athletes that not only had a lot of success with Monroe, but also have had a lot of success at the NCAA level and even the professional level. Uh, what, is, what is your relationship like with a lot of these student athletes after they've moved on and are having that much success? Um, well, my relationship is the same. I mean, I can say I speak to every one of them every day. <laughs> you know, they would normally reach out to me. Hi, coach. How are you doing? How is the team doing? Um, just just natural conversations like they would say oh coach well I went to practice today I mean give you a perfect example I mean I'm in an NFL fantasy league and Christopher Belcher I played him this weekend and he gave me my first loss and all of a sudden I of course I get a phone call from Christopher Belcher saying oh I need to so these are the kind of relationships we stay current with our guys um, I must also shout out that um, a couple of our former athletes, such as Ronaldo Ball and James Dennison, they too will be on our coaching staff hopefully in January. Um, so in light like that, I mean, the, this is where um, the communication has always been there, you know? I mean, and I told them whether you go beyond Monroe or if you leave it early, I mean, we're still going to be in communication, you know, because everything's their grassroots or most of their grassroots started at the college and I told them I know that you guys are still away from your home if you need anything both myself President Jerome we made ourselves available to them and the institution on a whole you know because 
some, um, I would give you an admission counselor would say, oh, I spoke to Susan last week. I spoke to Nokotula this week. I said, oh, okay, so, so these are stuff to you here. I must shout out to um, Cherez West. I mean, she was one of the big mentors for um, our athletes. And um, I know that they normally stay in conversations with her as well. Um, Crystal Camillo, she's another one who, who normally comes on board and assists us, you know. So like I said, I mean, the community of Monroe and whole have been keeping the guys actively engaged. I mean, even Miss Rodriguez, Sandy, um, she has been following with them. They've been keeping up to par. They've been updating her. So, I mean, we are the family. For example, to where Susan would always say to me, yes, yeah, she's an Oregon in color, but a Mustang by heart and Mustang pride. So that's where the Mustang pride um, really kicked in, you know, blue and gold. Um, I would say to Joanna and Claude Reese, red and black she would say to me yes but with a blue and gold heart so these are stuff that um is out there and you you know i mean these are genuine love for the institution due to the fact of the experience that they experience here well again i, I can't say it enough that how how well that speaks to the, the job that you do and the job that coach hogg does and Again, just the administration just kind of making everyone part of one gigantic family here at Monroe. Um, and I think a lot of the reason why a lot of our alumni kind of stay in touch is because they saw a lot of success here. You know, the, obviously the program worked for them. And a lot of that success comes at the national championships where we've consistently had a lot of individual and relay national championships. And this past season for the indoor championships, we had both 4 by 800 relays on the men's side and the women's side take home the national title. And it's, that's obviously a, a, um, an event that we've been really strong at for a number of years. Um, but obviously that was something that you would have wanted to build off of going into the outdoor season this year. But unfortunately that outdoor season didn't happen. Now your student athletes had something that a lot of our spring student athletes didn't have, which is that they actually got a season this year that they got to run the indoor season. But unfortunately you know, the outdoor season is something that I'm sure a lot of them and us as well always look forward to. And it just didn't happen this year. So what was that experience like having to kind of break the news to the student athletes that the outdoor season wasn't going to happen? Well, it was a very, it was very difficult at first. I mean, when we realized what was happening, um, we met with um, the athletic director, Mr. Melendez, and we kind of forecasted before anything that um, the season would have to come to an end. Um, so we kind of prepped them by letting them know, you know, uh, congratulations on how we do on the national championships in terms of for the indoor season. And we kind of like let them tune into the news to let them see what was going on and to keep a rest. And we had to educate them more about the situation with the COVID and how it spends and stuff like that. So when situations like that happen, um, it was more easy to transfer over to where uh, Mr. Melendez and Ms. Rodriguez addressed the team and let them know, um, well, this is the situation that is going on. This is what 
what was going to happen. I mean, President Joe, like I said, um, when he when he made the announcement, I mean, it was a it it was a bit heartbreaking for the sophomores because they were looking forward to close out their season for the outdoor. However, um, we told them the flip side of it, you get an extra year at your other institution. And what was good for it, the other institution agreed to give them the extra year. So I told him, I said, hey, you come a long way, but better is to come and you could actually get an extra degree by the extra year you spend with the institution that they're gonna pay for it, you know? So that's how we transition over into it. We told them, hey, we're still gonna be training, whether it's virtually or stuff. I mean, maintain your distance, you wear your mask, you do whatever you have to do, but stay in shape, you know? And during the whole of this time, the six month period, I've been getting text message coach, okay, I've been doing this virtually, I've been doing that, I've been running over. Some countries had restrictions, but they allow them to be out before 4 p.m. and stuff like that. So they normally get their early morning workouts in and stuff like that. So. So it was a bit uncharted territories for everybody, but they understood at the end of the day that, wow, it didn't only affect Monroe, but it's a worldwide event. So that was um, how it got communicated over to them. Of course, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has continued and still carries over into this season, which for some schools has already started. And unfortunately for us, it's not really going to start until January. Um, of course, that you know that resulted in cross country season this year for us having to be canceled. But what has it been like trying to continue recruiting and continue coaching and getting ready for a new season in the current environment? Well, in terms of for cross country being canceled, I mean, for me, um, the safety is always hitting number one priority, you know, and uh, the institution as well decided that we will be canceling the season. And uh, we agreed with that 100% just to make sure that the athletes um, get not only the year of eligibility within the institution that they're looking to transfer to, but also at the same time, we guarantee let's put a plan in place, testing and stuff like that, just to make sure that we are not going against any protocols that the CDC or our state would have made. Uh, what we did though is just to uh, it was a bit a bit easier for us to communicate to the athletes to let them know that okay we are not going to have a cross-country season you may see other schools keep theirs and that's because they're in a different state their infection rates are low and stuff like that but for us it puts us at an advantage in terms of you get more months to train we can emulate across country meet by doing a time trial and so stuff like that we just have to re-event re the way how we do the practices and the cross country season and stuff like that which they totally understood in terms of running you know so um that was good and our part of it to where we were able to get out ahead of them and let them know, hey, this is the plan. We are still on for the January season. For the indoor and for the recruiting now, uh, that's where it was a little bit of confusing, only to where now athletes that are coming in, they're asking, okay, are we sure we're gonna have an indoor season? Are you sure you're gonna have this now? The indoor is more now of an NCAA decision to where if they say, you know, guys, if you keep an indoor season, we only need 20% of your 
or 10% attendance. You know, so I told him, I said, I get every indication from, from Mr. Melendez, the athletic administration, that we are pushing forward for January. I mean, we're going to feel we should be at a more safer place then. I mean, but I also explained to them that it is an ever-changing situation, which they understand. So uh, that was the only bump along in the road in terms of the recruiting. But other than that, I mean, we are looking good. Actually, we have a couple of athletes hoping to get in. Hopefully that the immigration status is open up and the embassy and every stuff like that. So we are still operating as focal for the winter and spring semesters. Of course, as a whole, I think the Monroe College community is looking forward to and staying hopeful that we're going to get every sport started coming January, February, March, and, you know, we'll squeeze in an entire year's worth of seasons in a few months in the spring. Um, I know I'll be pretty busy with that, but definitely looking forward to it. It's much better than having nothing like we do right now. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up something special that you did during this time off where about a month or two ago, you started a school supply drive to send school supplies back home to Nevis and, um, Honestly, I'm just going to give you the floor here to talk about everything you did there because I think it's great and I think uh, I want to hear from you about everything that you did, everything that went into it and the result of it. All right. Well, what took place was initially I was thinking all throughout the pandemic ways in which I could have given back to the island, you know, because I know they were on the shutdown. I know that the resources wasn't coming into the island. You know, I even contemplated on the fact that um, I may do food vouchers, but I said, you know, at the end of the day, when I realized that the schools and the parents on the island was a bit a bit struggling with um, getting resources and stuff like that, I mean, it was a slam dunk for me too, where I said, you know, I will sacrifice my paychecks to like get this done, you know? So um, I must shout out to my brother, uh, Mr. Maurice Harvey, to where, he assisted me as well in terms of um, the logistics. I mean, getting to find out, well, how much items I would need. Um, I, during that time, um, I distributed or I, I formed a team on the island of my former classmates. And they were in strategic places on the island to where I told them, give as much out to who is impacted. I mean, I'm happy to report that um, the items have not only arrived on the island, but they have been distributed. I mean, I've been getting videos and stuff. I haven't posted them yet because of, of being able to do back and forth the practice. But I mean, I was told that um, the, 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 the people at the island, they, they are planning to do um, a, a press release and stuff like that. But I do got the videos from the kids and the teachers, the preschoolers and everybody who, who got impacted. And I mean, I'm not doing it personally for any fame any likes and anything like that i mean i know these are the institutions that help me to, to where i'm at right now i know also that the community in nevis on a whole they supported me throughout my whole journey i mean i would honestly say i mean every time i go back to the island i get congratulations i get support and stuff like that so i mean this is just my appreciation to them and i mean the best is yet to come because by me starting this, I'm hoping to keep doing it accordingly as the time goes on. So, I mean, I must shout out to also Mr. Tito Chapman. Um, he was one of the ones who, um, of the SKN Pulse, 
too weird as a newspaper, one of the most popular newspapers online from the island. And he made sure that the word got out to where um, certain stuff has been there. So all in all, I mean, I would say my distribution team, they did an excellent job led by Miss Carissa David, of course. Um, she made sure everything was there. How much exactly was sent over there? Um, it was two barrels worth of supplies at over, I think it was 90 plus school bags, hand sanitizers, um, books and rulers, teaching supplies. I must say the teachers from most of the primary schools on the island and preschools got school supplies like printing papers, um, pens and reading pens, scissors and stuff like that. How long did it take to collect everything? Um, well, to be honest, it took me just a month because what happened is that we went to Staples, we purchased it, um, and then we sent it out to make sure um, we get the two barrels in it. So normally the shipment time takes somewhere between two weeks to get there. So all in all, the whole process, we started on August the 1st, and the items would have been on island around September the 5th. Well, again, I really commend you for the efforts you've put in there. I think it's it's fantastic and um, something that I'm hoping that, you know, if you're going to continue doing this, that it's something that more of us can get involved with in the future to uh, make sure that we're, you know, supporting your efforts there. Uh, obviously, wanting to give back to where you came from. Um, so one thing I want to uh, address as well is that you said, you know, you came from there, you had ties to New York, your father's part of the NYPD. And I think everyone that knows you knows this is a very big part of your personality. With all that, all those ties to New York, how did you become a Boston sports fan? <laughs> well, I would, would, would um, blame, or I would not blame, uh, because, because it's an honor to become one of of the most um the city of champions but it all started i would say um my former classmate i mean his name is kevin gishard um what happened is that we were watching football and i never understood what football was back in the primary school level but he always coming and he always telling me about the miami dolphins and this and that so you, so he told me if you could watch a football game, I would watch a basketball game because he too felt the same level of basketball. So by me sitting and I watch, I'm like, boy, wait, you keep talking about this Miami Dolphin team as if like they are the champions. But ironically enough, they played against the New England Patriots. So now I watched the game and I realized that the New England Patriots, they've been winning. And they've been beating this team handily. So this started actually in 1998. My, my love for Boston started in 1998. And then, ironically, they drafted my favorite college player at the time, who was Paul Pierce. So then I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so it's, it was very easy. It was a no choice. I, you know, and I know um, everybody, um, yourself, Mr. Melendez, the whole department is the Yankees, Giants, Jets, but you already know, I mean, we're up for it. And I'm going to share this little secret. I strongly believe that our school president is a Boston fan. Just look at the 
college where he went. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give much, but I strongly believe he's a fan of that sport. I'm not going to uh, get into any of your conspiracy theories here. I'll let you just have that one for yourself. But again, I just that's just one of those things that anybody that knows you knows that from the start. I think one of the first conversations you and I ever had, you sat down, you looked around my, my workspace, saw something that I had on my desk, maybe a Jets thing or whatever it was. Now my office has a lot of it. And uh, it was one of those things that you had to sit down and just talk about it forever. So um, I guess I had to let our audience know a little bit more about you. Those that may not have known this is that, or, you know, incoming recruits that it's going to be one of those things they hear. I see, I've even seen your, your, former student athletes that always have to make a point to uh, say something when something bad happens to any of your Boston sports teams, like when the Celtics were eliminated a couple of weeks ago or uh, when the Patriots lost a couple nights ago, of course. But yeah. yeah, they have a few. They have a few who loves the Boston teams and a few who we still have not converted yet. A few who would message me and the heat emoji and stuff like that yeah i get those all the time on my social media so i know who they are you know and no christopher belcher leading the charge behind of it so that much i know well to go back towards uh monroe a little bit more um we're getting a little low on time but we do have a hopefully a season coming up in january and again then the outdoor season will hopefully uh, continue right after that so what are some of the things you're looking forward to this, this upcoming season? Well, the upcoming season, this is like starting from scratch once more. I mean, right now I always tell them that we have three aspects of our training. We, we have the off season, the early preseason, and then we have the actual early in season. So right now um, I'm kind of happy in terms of I'm actually shocked the level of fitness that I'm seeing at the first week of practice, which, which allowed me to know that they took the off season very seriously, despite all the restrictions. Um, they went out, they worked, and now I'm seeing it in the early parts of the in-season, pre-season prep. You know, um, I'm looking forward just to go out there and have them compete, you know, because their happiness is what really drives us, you know, and I mean, I mean, I know they have been if affected heavily by the uh, the virus, and um, I know it affects them both mentally and the sport is normally the safe haven to go forth and um, take uh, to uh, relieve some of those stress. So I know for sure that the athletes are very happy that they're resuming back training. I mean, they are happy with the protocols that the school have set in in terms of them as well. Um, so I told them, I said, I mean, they are just looking forward. They keep saying every day at practice coach, I can't wait to go out and compete. I can't wait to go out and compete, you know? So I told them, I said, in order to make that a reality, keep doing what you're doing, stay safe, keep your distance, um, you wear your mask, your hand sanitize, you do whatever you have to do because that's the only way we're gonna get back out into doing what we want have to, to, to do. Well, of course, now we're, we're seeing it on the, on the track and field team's Instagram page, how uh, you guys are already training and getting to work. For those who are listening and watching along that want to see all that progress with the track and field team, follow them on Instagram at MC Mustangs XCTF. 
course for cross country track and field. Um, it, it's been great to see that. Of course, you're showing off our, our brand new Monroe vans with the new logos as well. So those are fun to see. But Coach Green, I want to thank you for your time here today. Congratulations on all the success so far. Sorry about the recent, you know, failures of your Boston sports teams. Um, I, you know, I wish you good luck in the future with those. Uh, again, thank you for your time. Good luck this upcoming season. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We're looking forward to all of our athletes having just as much success this year as they have in the past. So, again, uh, thank you. And thank you for being a part of this today. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Um, thanks for the support. Thanks the general public, the Monroe community, in everything that they have been doing and they continue to do for us and the athletes. I mean, I can tell you they really appreciate it. The parents, everyone appreciate the opportunity. And we're looking, hopefully, once everything goes well, to continue staying safe as well. And um, we're looking forward for the 2021 season. To those of you listening and watching along, thanks again for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen to. Follow us on our Instagram page as well at Monroe Mustangs on our IGTV. Uh, thanks again for listening. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.